Hi, I'm Brian. And I'm Michaela. And this is Drink the Movies. A podcast where each week we try to recreate a classic movie drink and discuss the movie that inspired it. Thanks for joining us. Now let's drink the movies. Well, hello and welcome to episode 136 of Drink the Movies. I'm Brian here as always with Michaela. And Michaela, you know, you go back to our childhood. There was there was this trilogy of films that came out. Uh, Indiana Jones, you had, you had Raiders of the Lost Ark, you had... The Temple of Doom, you had The Last Crusade, which is kind of the one that, you know, we grew up on there. And, you know, that that was great. That was great. Uh, everyone loved Indiana Jones, said, we we love this guy. Can we get more Indiana Jones? Uh, and it turns out that you could. Uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull came out in 2018, you know, about 20 years later. Uh, people were a little bit hot and cold on that. Uh, I mean, it made a lot of money, uh, but pretty mm. divisive in terms of Indiana Jones. Uh, were we ever going to see this character back in action again? Yes, we are. 2023 Dial of Destiny is coming out, and we're here to talk about it. That's right. All the things. Talking about Phoebe Waller-Bridge. We're talking about the return of Sala. Uh, talking about Harrison Ford. He's like 80, 84, mm-hmm. something like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And he yep. still looks amazing. He looks exactly the same. I mean, except for white hair. That's it. It's like it's it's he's part vampire. I'm convinced. Uh, part vampire for sure um and maybe this dial of destiny has something to do uh with how good he has aged i don't know we're gonna have to uh talk about this movie to find out for sure but before we do that michaela uh turns out there are some really fun themed cocktails you can grab down in uh disney world uh land and that's what we're going to be covering this week so why don't we do this let's take a quick break and we'll be right back to whip up this week's cocktails so this week, Brian, you did all the research to help find these cocktails. Uh, you found them from WDWNT.com, which is a Walt mm-hmm, Disney mm-hmm. World website. We're going to do multiple cocktails because, of course, we have to. Um, and right. we're going to do a mocktail, um, which is great because my son really wanted to join in on the festivities. It's kind of a big deal because I think this is going to be the last installment of um Harrison Ford being Indiana Jones. I think he's still doing a lot of his own stunts. I don't know how he's doing any of this. Um, I, I, I mean, I can't get out of bed without <laughs> cracking a nut neck yep. or me- messing with my knee and I'm, I'm half his age. So um, uh, it's a big deal. We wanted to do it right. And um, so I guess let's get started with the Lan, Lan, oh God. <laughs> uh, you almost had it. It's uh, La Antique, La Atlantique, uh, green tea. <laughs> La Atlantique. Yeah, that rolls right off the tongue uh, for sure. But this is a really delicious uh, mocktail, Michaela. And yeah, we had to do three drinks, right? We we spun up the Dial of Destiny and it said, hey, you guys uh, need to do multiple drinks today. And that's what that's we're right. doing. So um, as you mentioned, this comes from the uh, Walt Disney World uh, News Today uh, website. They were kind of highlighting this because if you go to Hollywood Studios down at Disney World, they have just uh, opened up this little bar where um, the Indiana Jones store used to be, um, and you can get a couple of these cocktails there. So we wanted to, to try our hand at these, you know, see what we thought, and these were uh, pretty, pretty good. So let's let's get started with this mocktail here, the Le Atlantique Green Tea. So what you're going to do is you're going to brew up a little, little bit of some pomegranate green tea, uh, let that cool, uh, and then you're going to throw this into your shaker tin. So we got two ounces of the pomegranate green tea two ounces of fresh squeezed blood orange juice, a half an ounce of lemon and a quarter ounce of agave syrup. Now, whenever I'm using agave syrup, I just give it kind of a a little squeeze, you know, roughly like a like a bar spoon's worth in there. I don't ever really measure it because it's all sticky and stuff. So put that into your shaker tin with some ice, shake it up and strain it into a little rocks glass with a big ice cube in there and you'll be good to go. So La Atlantique green tea. Michaela, what do you think about our mocktail here? I really 
really liked it. Um, I liked the uh, blood orange, obviously, is one of my favorite flavors. It's just sweet enough. Um, if you like green tea, then this is not going to bother you. If you're not a green tea person, um, you know, I, I think this could be a little earthy, uh, on the earthy side for you, but what you could do is, um, just top this off with something like sparkling water, club soda, and that'll take kind of the edge off uh, from the tea feeling, if that's going to mm -hmm. bother you. Um, my son doesn't drink any sort of iced tea at all because he's a normal human and he loved wow. this. So I'll take hot take on that's yeah hot take on the uh, hot take on the iced tea um yeah that's fair because i don't really like iced tea uh myself but this was really good i like the pomegranate kind of addition to it um and i actually uh, despite not liking iced tea i do like using tea in mocktails because it has um kind of this tannic characteristic that you find yeah. in like and like red wine um that you find in you know kind of your you know, whiskeys and and things like that that have like that barrel you know aged components to them will have a little bit of that tannin and you get kind of that same uh kind of mouthfeel um that tannicness there which kind of you know is like that dries your mouth out kind of sensation that you get when you drink like a, a nice red wine so uh green tea is good for mocktails is good in this one i really like the way uh this one came together um and the next one here the adventures margarita that's going to require some tea too michaela yes half an ounce of green tea it's also going to require some tequila. So um, we're going to start with that. Um, so in a shaker tin, you're going to add two ounces of any sort of silver tequila you have. Um, because this is not a frozen margarita, we picked a, a pretty good one. So I, I would pick a silver tequila that you would, you know, wouldn't mind sipping. I would mm -hmm. love mm -hmm. to say that. And then you're going to add to that half an ounce of this green tea that we're talking about. Um, half an ounce of passion fruit syrup half an ounce of papaya syrup. If you don't have papaya, we had trouble uh, finding it. Um, you could find, you could use mango instead um, and mm -hmm. it'll still give it a really nice fruity take on it. Um, you're going to add some cucumber, some muddled cucumbers. Now, what we did was on the side of this, we went ahead and took three slices and muddled them around and then added them to our shaker tin. Then you're going to add half an ounce of lime juice and a quarter ounce of agave nectar. Um, and again, I, we, we just used a bar spoon. We did not get super mm -hmm. uh, technical with the agave nectar. So you're going to add all of this into a shaker tin with some ice. Then you're going to shake it till it's real, real cold. So I would do it for at least 20, 25 seconds. Um, it should kind of hurt your hands, um, because you want this to be really, really, really frothy and cold. Uh, and then you're going to strain it into a margarita glass, if you would like, or a coupe glass, if you're, if that's hitting you, um, and uh, yeah, then you're going to enjoy it. And we've never done uh, a margarita quite like this. We had ne I don't think we've ever done passion fruit and added it to um, the margarita with the uh, with the green tea before. So this was really inspired. This was one of my favorite mm -hmm. cocktails that we've made in a while. Yeah, it's definitely, um, you know, it has the name margarita and, you know, you're using the tequila, you're, um, you know, you're getting the, the agave and the lime. So that, that all checks out for a margarita, but you know, this other stuff, right. The passion fruit, the, the papaya or mango, and then this tea, um, it, it was, it was like a really like super light, delicate, uh, version of a margarita right like you think yeah. you think of a margarita you go you go to your favorite uh, mexican restaurant you get a margarita uh that's what you think of right but this was this was like the the flowery beautiful like <laughs> relative of the margarita i, I right. really like this it was it was nice and um 
crisp and I don't know. It was, it was delicious. It would have been perfect to sip on down in Orlando when it's 190 degrees, I think. Right. This would have been, this is excellent. Yeah. I, I, and again, uh, don't let the green tea part scare you. Cause we only put half an ounce in, um, if you want it to be earthier and you wanted more of that, um, kind of clean feel to your, to the, to the mouth feel, I guess you could put more in if you would want. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, this tasted really good. And if you're, don't let the green tea part scare you. I was a little hesitant when we first uh, saw this recipe um, because I'm, I'm not an iced tea person, but it doesn't taste like iced tea at all. Um, I also think that it's the right level of sweetness. So if you want something sweeter than this, if you like your drinks real sweet, you could always put more agave nectar in. Uh, we kept it to one kind of spoon because I was worried that the passion fruit uh, would would make it too sweet. It was perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, it was not too um, sour. A lot of people, when you think of a margarita because of all the lime in it, and there is half an ounce of lime juice in this, you think that it's going to be really tart. It wasn't. Um, it was just really special. I mean, I it's just a very nice like a balanced drink, but there's so many different pieces to it that you can bring out um, on your palate. It's really, like I said, it's really inspired. Yeah, absolutely. So that was the Adventures Margarita, a really good one. And then uh, finishing up here, we are going to be doing the Weathered Fedora, uh, which is an excellent little riff on the Manhattan. Uh, You're going to put it together, uh, you know, pretty much the same way you would a Manhattan, but it's got a little bit of extra flair to it. So let's do this, uh, Michaela. I like to do in a shaker tin uh, with just a a little bit of ice. You're going to take a star anise. Uh, It's that little star looking guy that you have in your pantry. You probably use that like once a year to make like an apple pie or uh, something like that. So grab one of those, throw it in your shaker tin uh, with the ice. We didn't crush ours up at all. Um, Anise is kind of a divisive flavor. That's that's what black licorice is, if you're familiar with that. Uh, We just wanted a little hint of that, and I think this was the perfect amount. So we put one of those in the shaker tin. Uh, two ounces of bourbon and one ounce of sweet vermouth, a couple of dashes of ginger bitters and a drop or two. We used vanilla extract. Um, We don't know at the park, they might be using like a vanilla infused bourbon when they're making this up just to to make it a little bit uh, easier on everyone. We just used a a drop or two of, like I said, a vanilla extract, a nice quality one. Uh, Put that in your shaker tin. Um, You can either stir that or shake that and then strain it into a rocks glass with a big ice cube. Uh, we use like a little like faux martini glass because it kind of looked like a fedora with the big ice ball in there. Yeah. Uh, and it looked really, really cool. So strain that on top of that. And then you're going to kind of grate over some freshly grated cinnamon and nutmeg. Uh, that aroma is going to hit your nose. And then uh, you're going to get this little bit of vanilla and anise, bourbon, vermouth. Uh, I'm just listing off all the ingredients now because that's that's what you get. It is delicious. I like this one a lot, Michaela. Yeah, Th- this one kind of reminds me um of uh kind of kind of the quintessential old man drink i mean you said you know it's a riff on a manhattan um which makes sense uh but it's very i don't know like it's a it's a new it's a new new wave old man drink because Mm -hmm. the the cinnamon and the nutmeg and the star anise like that really blended together it's not overpowering um i'm not a licorice person so star anise has that licorice kind of note in it and i was scared that i was going to hate this drink uh just because of that but it's it's just a hint just a hint of it um the vanilla again it's just a hint it, it's it's really nice um mm-hmm. and i love the way it looks in the little glass it it's really cool because the the cinnamon and the nutmeg kind of 
you know, it's, it's like a dark snow top on top of this drink. Um, and it kind of adds some pop of flavor as you're sipping it. Um, it's, I, I think I like to think of Indiana Jones uh, holding his dial of destiny, uh, drinking this one for sure. Yeah, absolutely. This uh, this tastes like what you would imagine that I don't know, like Indiana Jones's like house would smell like or something. I don't know. Right? Uh, there yeah, was, there was, yeah. There was there was something very like like yeah, like like old and uh, I don't know, very I don't know. Is like is old really good. books and leather and like that's um, right adventure yeah, it smells like a little diary that he had there from uh from uh henry senior for sure so uh this was a really good one so all three of these were great is it going to prompt michaela and i to take the eight hour drive down to orlando to try these for ourselves at the park uh maybe i don't know we've done crazier things for sure uh but making these was not crazy so try out these uh these two cocktails or this mocktail let us know which one was your favorite or if you had any other riffs or fun dial of destiny cocktails because we want to know that but for now michaela we better mix up i'm gonna go i think i'm gonna do the weathered fedora we'll get you an adventures margarita and we'll take a quick break and we're gonna be right back to chat about this week's film indiana jones and the dial of destiny Spoiler warning for Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. If you've not yet seen this film, you should, number one. Um, you should definitely see it before you listen to this podcast because we're going to talk about all the things. We're going to have some ruminations over things that aren't shown in the film that we don't understand, maybe. Uh, we're going to talk about a lot about Indiana Jones. So I really think, uh, as a spoiler alert goes, this is like a five- Five star spoiler alert. You should go watch <laughs> all the Indiana Joneses because we're probably going to talk about things that happened in all of them. And you're either going to be over your head or really mad that you missed out. And that's what I have to say about this. If you are going to go see all these films, uh, we have some really great cocktails uh, for the Dial of Destiny, which we just saw. And we also have a great cocktail for the Crystal Skull, which uh, is on our Patreon. And we also have a great cocktail for Raiders of the Lost Ark. So all you have to do is go find two cocktails uh, for the other two films that we may or may not cover in the future. And uh, yeah. Go watch those, drink those. You'll be very drunk by the time you're listening to this podcast, but um, you won't have any spoilers. And that's that, the goal with this spoiler alert. That was that was a very, very in-depth spoiler alert. I like that. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, we're going to be getting into Dial of Destiny today. So uh, keep that in mind if you haven't watched it, because you might not have it. It was just released on June the 30th, uh, 2023, directed by James Mangold, who you might know from Ford versus Ferrari or Logan. Uh, has a couple of Oscar noms for both of those. Uh, Harrison Ford is, of course, back as Indiana Jones. We've got Phoebe Waller-Bridge is playing his goddaughter, Helena, and Mads Mikkelsen as uh, Dr. Voller. Um, and yeah, definitely, this, this just came out. It's a holiday weekend. It came out on, so you might not have had a chance to see it yet. So we're going to kind of go go through kind of the like the like the major beats of this I think Michaela we don't have to get into yeah. like the the nitty-gritty of what happens but just kind of talk through a little bit of kind of each of these uh sections cuz there's a lot going on um you know as any Indiana Jones movie is wont to do you're going from a big action piece to big action piece and uh this one you know does the same thing and Indiana Jones there's been a lot as you mentioned we talked about two of them but there's uh five of these now so we've got Raiders of the Lost Ark came out in 1981 
Uh, the Temple of Doom came out in 1984. The Last Crusade came out in 1989. So that's uh, that's three movies in eight years. That's pretty good. Uh, Marvel, the MCU, can only dream of getting three movies out in eight years. <laughs> uh, just kidding. They figured out a way to do that. Uh, you had to take a bit of a break, though. Uh, 2008 was Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Uh, and we thought maybe that was the end of Indiana Jones, uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. A wee bit divisive uh, in the fan base. And uh, I think that's going to be uh, the case here this time around, too, uh, when we get to Dial of Destiny. Uh, just uh, mentioned came out in 2023 uh harrison ford of course has been indiana jones through this whole thing uh like 41 years worth of indiana jones now uh harrison ford turns 81 years old next week michaela when i'm 81 well if i make it to 81 i hope to be uh as good as harrison ford and indiana yeah no kidding i mean he it's it's amazing to me because he did most of his work after the age of 35 which gives me hope as a human uh, in my early 40s. It just means the best years are still ahead of us. Um, and he he still looks great. I, I need to, I, I looked it up and he did some of, uh, not all of, but some of the stunts um, that we see in some of the chase scenes. He looks amazing uh, for 81. I mean, I, I mm, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't it, I saw an interview where people were talking to him and he's very blase about it and he's kind of poking fun and he's like God has given me this body and uh, it's but uh, aside I mean aside from the physicality of it like he does an amazing job given that he is older than my grandfather was you know what I mean like he's yeah ooh, it's 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 got to be a testament uh, to the filmmaking and the editing. Um, to make him look as good as as they do. And there's a lot of time jumps where we are, we you know, we start in the 40s, we go to the 60s, um, we go way, way, way back. Um, and the way that they handle like the jumps through time and his aging or anti-aging is also pretty well done, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, yeah, let's uh, just get into this uh, movie here a uh, little bit, Michaela. Um, so, as you mentioned, it, it's kind of going through these these time periods, right? We're picking up with Indiana Jones, kind of where we where we know and you know fell in love with Indiana Jones, right? Uh, during during kind of World War II uh, times. Here, you've got a young, de-aged uh, Harrison Ford playing Indiana Jones uh, as a as a young man doing some doing some spying, trying to recover some of these artifacts that the Nazis have stolen, kind of at the tail end of World War II. I really liked kind of kind of this section here, right? Like Germany has basically. Uh, you know, kind of fallen um, at this point and, you know, kind of the the people that are are still Nazis are still, you know, putting up the good fight, even though they've by and large lost the war. They're trying to, you know, kind of funnel all of these treasures and artifacts and things like that that uh, they've accumulated over the course of their reign, trying to get those to someplace where they can, you know, scatter to the wind and not be taken back by countries to put in their own museums from places that they'd previously invaded. Uh, never mind, we're not going to get into uh, all of that here. Uh, but this first section is is pretty fun. Um, I thought the de-aged Harrison Ford uh, looked pretty good. What do you think, Michaela? Um, I thought it was fine. I thought it was fine. I think I like that the, the technology that they have that they have now. Um, first of all, they have his permission, which I think is a really important part of this when we yes. talk about making movies in the you know with people that didn't even exist or don't exist anymore because they they they've passed on. Um, you know, there's a whole. I don't know how to feel about all of that. I, li I, I like the fact they got his permission. They used him as um, 
kind of the base. Uh, so for anybody that doesn't know how they do this, they have a person put on like a suit with all these little dots on them and then the dots move and then they can de-age a person. Um, it's actually really cool. They, um, I think they did some work around his voice too, to make him sound a little bit younger. Um, mm -hmm. you know, if you're going to like do a still shot, you're probably going to be disappointed if you like took us, uh, just a still, um, right. but because yeah, yeah. he's moving, he's moving the whole time. Mm -hmm. It's way better than this, this technology was even five years ago. Right. Um, remember when fast and the furious came out and everybody, we got a shot of Paul Walker. And again, it was a very long, slow shot and people were really upset um, with how that looked. This looks way better than that, um, but it's still CGI-ish. But the thing that I love about this piece is that he's like, they show his love and his attitude around uh, artifacts yet again, right? I mean, Indiana Jones is famous for going after things for the sake of making sure that they're preserved and putting them in museums. And he doesn't care about the money. He doesn't care about the the politics behind all of these things. And he uh, and his friend were in this spot um, actually just trying to save some of these artifacts from the Nazis, um, not just because they're anti-Nazi, which is a good thing, but because they knew that the Nazis would put it somewhere and it would never be seen again, or it would be melted down and used to to create bullets or some stupid <laughs> right. stuff, right? So they yeah. they are, um, you know, truly um, students of archaeology and and are fascinated by all of these things, and so. We are, it's kind of a bait and switch at the beginning because they're looking for this dagger that drew blood from Jesus Christ. Um, mm -hmm. I, yeah, and apparently that's what they're looking for on this, uh, in this kind of castle looking thing. Um, they end up finding it and then they get on a train and then there's this whole big uh, part where Indiana Jones is looking for it and then he finds it and realizes, huh, it's a fake. It's not real. Uh, but then there's this other artifact that's even more important that no one has talked about and no one knows about. And it's it's like it looks like a really cool watch clock dial thing. Uh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. The uh, Archimedes uh, dial there. Uh, gonna have to look up the exact name of it because I can't remember because it's a really long word. Um, I really like this kind of first section. Uh, you mentioned his friend Basil Shaw is played by Toby Jones. Uh, we are big fans of Toby Jones here at Drink the Movies. Uh, yes, so he's great. Um, he's going to be kind of very important, obviously. Um, throughout this throughout the story as someone who has uh, you know, going on to study this artifact that they they recover. But I, I really like this. Um, I mean. Kind of right off the bat here, uh, this film was real expensive. Uh, estimates in like the two hundred and fifty to three hundred million uh, dollar range, which is a lot of money to spend on on a film. Um, but there are things that just look like unbelievable in this, and you can see all of the dollars going to work. There's a scene where like this bomb comes uh, down into this castle or this cathedral or whatever they're they're in, and it like plants in the floor, and it looks awesome. There's a really fun train chase here um, at this first little bit uh, as we're going through, and we're introduced to our villain uh, straight off the bat here too. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen is playing Doctor Bowler, uh, who's this other kind of uh, archaeologist scientist. Uh, sort of type who mathematician uh, who is, you know, also, you know, helping with the Nazis, you know, collecting these artifacts, but he's really studying kind of this uh, Archimedes dial. What's it called? Uh, the Antikythera uh, 
That's what it's called. Yeah, the Antipathera. That's what it's called. Uh, that's uh, that's what he thinks is the most important, right? Um, quick aside, I really like that they used the they brought the spear kind of into play because that kind of wraps up the uh, quote unquote like Nazi trilogy story for Indiana Jones, right? You had the Ark of the Covenant, you had the Cup of Christ, and now you have the spears. So that's kind of the kind of kind of hitting all your bases uh, there for the uh, religious artifacts for the Nazis. But we are going straight to this Antikythera mechanism and fast forward to 1969. Yeah. Uh, so the friendship between um, Basil Shaw and uh, Indiana Jones is really important. Um, this is the first time we saw we've seen Basil, but uh, Basil ends up kind of, you know, saving Indiana Jones's life. Um, he keeps referring in this this opening scene to his daughter. He has a daughter named Helena um, that they lovingly call Wombat. Uh, I I. don't quite understand that but um but it's cute and um we move on to 1969 uh which is which is sometime after this right and uh we're in new york and it's very i have to say it's a little disorienting um because we remember uh if you watched uh the crystal skull um he was just made dean of the school there that was in california um but he's in new york he is a teacher And he's about to retire. So you don't know when that change happened. Um, he's also living alone, which is not what we expected. Um, he lives in this little apartment. He's got a lot of um, hippies living all around him. Uh, it's the 60s. I can call them that, right? Um, they've got like loud music. There, There's a lot of war protests happening. There's a lot of... Um, People really angry at the man. It's kind of like today, only less people. I don't know. Um, he is very curmudgeon and old, and he um, lives in this little apartment by himself. We see this, the fact that he's got this legal separation document between him and Marion, which makes us really sad, or at least it made me really sad. And I was like, oh, man, I, I thought she was going to be in this film. Is she not going to be in this? And I was so um, glad to be wrong. That's right. Yeah, it uh, it also makes uh, Indiana Jones sad, right? He's a uh, he's going through his time here at uh, Hunter College. Uh, he's at now. He's kind of you're checking in with him, uh, doing some teaching there. Uh, the kids look bored as get out. I really like kind of the that juxtaposition, right? So you get like Raiders. He's teaching, and the girls there with like "I love you" written on her eyelids, right? And this Right. one, everyone is bored to tears as they're watching him like put slides up on this uh, projector. Uh, it's pretty great. Uh, this is his last day of work. He is uh, being given a clock. He is on his way out the door to a uh, happy retirement. I really like he does not care about this little clock that they gave him at all. A little bit of foreshadowing maybe for uh, this uh, Antikythera mechanism we're going to be uh, talking about here. And he just uh, gives it away to someone on the street. But it's an important day, right? We have uh, we've landed on the moon. So the Apollo 11 astronauts are in town for a big, big parade, a little bit of a shindig. Um, and also someone else is coming into town uh, by the name of Helena, uh, the goddaughter of Indiana Jones, played by Phoebe Waller-Bridge. She's in town. She wants to talk to Indiana Jones about this uh, Antikythera mechanism that her dad been studying because uh, she thinks that she might be able to find the rest of it and get this thing put together. And she wants to bring Indy along for the ride. It's interesting because she she knows all the answers. She immediately, I think, is trying to endear herself to him, right? Uh, at the beginning of this kind of conversation, she knows all the answers. She's kind of shouting them from the back um, of this of this uh, lecture room where everybody else is literally asleep. Um, 
And she's excited to hear, she see, she sounds excited to hear that he's retiring and she's like, let's drink. And um, she doesn't seem to, rem she says that she doesn't remember the last time that they saw each other, um, but it seems highly manipulative. And you kind of pick up on this at the very beginning where she's like, hey, I've got this great idea. Um, you know, my dad was really interested in the Antikythera and you can tell something's not quite right when Indiana Jones is is asking her, well, you don't remember the last time we talked about this. He wanted me to have it because I was supposed to destroy it. And uh, apparently he kept it. He did not destroy it. Um, don't know why I did that. Um, but he put it in a box in like an old closet. And we need to talk about this because uh, apparently because it belongs in a museum. You don't destroy it. Uh, just just because your buddy uh, Basil says to destroy it, you don't get rid of it. It's a it's an artifact. Just put to it be in the fair, That's what he, he did. also didn't put it on display, right? He he put it in a box that was well, in another most, box. Most 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 a... museums are just big storage places, Michaela. That's, that's, not everything right. you see that's on display. You know, you know, you gotta you gotta keep things uh, under wraps. You gotta keep stuff back there to to study. Actually, I really like kind of the set design of this uh, kind of storage room of the uh, of this this college, I guess, of wherever this uh, thing is being kept as they go in there to to kind of look for it. I think is is really uh, pretty great. Um, and a lot of the stuff in New York is amazing. So you mentioned, you know, uh, Helena comes in, uh, they want to find this artifact. And then, of, of course, we're going to be given some pursuit from some uh, CIA agents who might actually be Nazis in disguise, dun, 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 uh, because they are there uh, under the, the tutelage, the the helpingness, I don't know, of for sure, but of Dr. Voller, who we had thought uh, had died in that first scene, right? Like he gets clocked real hard off of that train, but uh, turns out he's back. America brought him back so he could uh, build rockets to send us to the moon. Uh, and that's something we did actually after uh, World War II. Uh, there were a lot of scientists uh, in the Nazi regime and uh, we said, hey, come work for us now. So yeah. uh, that's that's how he got there. Uh, that's your little history lesson uh, on that. Um, that's how that's how he got there. But he has uh, he has some more nefarious plans for what's going on. He's he's built yeah. this rocket, and now he has a sight set on something something else entirely. Yeah. So he spent the last twenty five years, I guess, kind of getting by, uh, moving slowly towards uh, trying to get the two pieces of the Antikythera put together. Um, just fun fact for anybody who didn't know, go look this up because it's absolutely true. I, again, I love that they throw in some of this, these legends and myths and some, some educational bits into something that is so entertaining. Um, mm -hmm. The Antikythera was created by Archimedes. Archimedes was a mathematician. Uh, it He separated it because he didn't want anybody to be able to use it um, because it can fold space and time or tells you where the folds of space and time are. I don't know exactly how it works. Okay, I'm not that smart of a math person, but um, this guy, uh, Jürgen Voller, has spent the last 25 years like slowly creeping through life, uh, doing what he needed to do in order to get to a place where he could combine these two pieces um, and uh, find the folds of space and time so that he could go and uh, finish what his cult leader Adolf Hitler had started, I guess, is really the, the end of it. And I love, I don't love, I, that's not the right word, but I, I find it really interesting that he um, has some of these interactions with people in the 
in the show where he doesn't talk about how, you know, we won, the Americans won or, you know, the Allies won the war. He just says that Hitler lost. Um, right. And mm -hmm. I think uh, if you are interested in this type of history, there's a whole group of people that were still Nazis um, that wanted to carry on kind of the, 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 that, that, uh, the Third Reich and all of that. Uh, and even though their leader had died, Adolf had died, they wanted to continue. And, and and there was this whole group of people that had to spend time finding Nazis all, all over the world because they spread out and they were like, we will rise again and we we will win again. And um, and so it's this, this continuation of this evil that's just pervasive um, in in on earth during that 50 60 80 year time period and so um i find that really interesting because he's really smart um and he's been really patient and now is his moment to strike and he's got these like you said these cia kgb nazis that are willing to help run after uh this 80 year old indiana jones and his new uh friend right trying to uh go and save the dial of destiny and put them together themselves. Yeah, absolutely. They're given, they're given chase. They're in New York city. Um, like I mentioned, this parade is going on and it's, uh, which, which leads Indiana Jones to, uh, get onto this, uh, police horse, right? He's basically trying to get the attention of, of the cops to, to lay chase to it. Um, and this looks unbelievable. This parade, it looks so, so amazing. Uh, there had to have been like 50,000 tons of streamers that they're using. Uh, that's mm -hmm. that's where your $300 million comes in. It's streamer budget uh, for this parade. Like but the parade paper. looks the parade looks great. The horse chase is great. Uh, you probably saw it like in the in the trailers as it's running, you know, through the streets and down the stairs and into the subway. It, look, it looks unbelievable. Um, it would appear as though Harrison Ford is really riding this horse. I mean, obviously, it's not really getting run down by, uh, you know, the subway cars uh really but i thought that this looked amazing uh kind of this first chase scene um and this movie has a lot of chase scenes uh and they all look great uh you know think of uh ford versus ferrari right that's uh that's your director uh here yep. showing showing his chops here in these uh these chase scenes but but this one here on the horse is really fun it felt very indiana jonesy uh to me um and he's able to get the slip on these uh cia uh nazi sympathizer uh, helper of Dr. Voller. So what, so what happens, right? So we got Helena. She's got this, she's got this dial of destiny, this, uh, Antikythera, uh, mechanism. Uh, she is going to be on her way to go sell it. Uh, cause it turns out Helena Shaw is, uh, kind of this, uh, you know, more of, more of the plundering, uh, type of archeologist, less of the, uh, this belongs in a museum. This, she this really belongs. She would call herself a capitalist. That's this, what she uh, would the, call herself. That, that's right. This doesn't belong in a museum. This belongs, uh, somewhere where it's going to put money in my pocket. That's what she all about and she is going to morocco to try to sell it so indiana jones uh he's a smart guy he knows that that's where she's going uh he calls up his friend Sala, says hey can you give me a ride to the airport Sala says of course i can i can even go with you if you want and he says no Sala, this is this is just me this isn't an adventure uh this is just me i gotta go talk to my goddaughter and tell her that she's being an idiot uh, get this thing back. We'll put it back in the museum. Uh, problem solved. There's already like Nazis and CIA agents. They think I killed a guy. Let's let's go do this. So next stop is Tangier. Yeah, I I love that they brought Sala back. I love that they continued Sala's story a little bit. Um, you know he he talks about his grandkids and and he's got a cab, so he was able to uh, help. Indiana Jones get out of the city. I, I don't know how hard it was to buy a plane ticket when you were wanted for murder. Probably, I guess, not that hard in the 60s. Uh, it would no. be really difficult to do today. Um, they have a way of locking that down. Um, 
But I do like, uh, first of all, we still travel by map. I love that they kept that, um, that whether he's on a boat um, or traveling through the sky, uh, we get to see uh, where he's going on the map, which is really cool because <laughs> I may or may not have known exactly where Tangier's was. Um, yeah, uh, but they go to Tangier because that's where Helena is and she's selling this dial half. Um, uh, and again, the the set direction, the art design, Set design, art direction is amazing. Um, mm -hmm. It's, I, I've never been to Tangier and I don't know what it looks like today, but this looked amazing. All the cars are where they're supposed to be. You don't see the, the um, like all of the fr storefronts and the front of the hotel and even inside the hotel where um, there's like this, it, it, it looks like a poker game, but it's really like a bidding war for this dial. Um mm -hmm. It looks really, really cool. And I loved that aspect of it um, because it added, you know, this extra kind of elegance to the desert, right? Because we've seen a lot of deserts from Raiders of the Lost Ark. And this this kind of added this kind of club dimension, which was really cool. And mm -hmm. um, and we get to catch up with Helena. Helena is taking, taking numbers. Uh, she's calling out things trying to get this dial sorted and sold so she can make a ton of money. And um, yeah, it doesn't go well because Helena, she has a past just like Indiana Jones has a past. Uh, the leader of the hotel's son, they were in love. She left him. Um, it, it does not go well. The leader of the hotel wants to kill her. So now there's like three more people chasing them through the city of Tangier <laughs> on this little tut tut thing right i think that's what they're called the little three-wheeled cars that yeah. turn really fast uh but oh. aren't really fast the danger section is, is great we're introduced to uh teddy who is uh kind of helena's little pickpocket helper there he's played by uh ethan isidore uh i thought he was pretty good i like you kind of go in he's flying this little like cardboard uh plane which is going to come into play later now whether or not that really uh lets you be able to fly a plane through space and time dimensions i don't know for sure uh we'll get into that here in a minute um but yeah the the chase scene on the tut tut this was like the best car chase scene i've ever seen i thought it was unbelievable uh, as they're going through here it's it's very lengthy uh, as as they're going through the streets of tangier on this little tut there's like two cars going you know they're trying to run down uh dr voler who's now gotten the uh dial back and uh i don't know it was just a lot of fun um i really liked kind of this section uh through tangiers here but you know unfortunately uh dr voler uh has has half of the dial uh so what do you do so what do you do so you you think to yourself well if he has that half of the dial we need to find the other half of the dial, right, Michaela? And there's only one way to do that. We have to find the treasure map. The Archimedes left for everyone. Uh, we think it's in the Aegean Sea. So that's where we're going to go next, right? We're going to uh, hop a train down to, uh, it was it Marrakesh, I think, uh, to fly over to Greece and meet up with an old friend. An old friend, by the way, of a new friend named Ronaldo, played by Antonio Banderas. Love it. Yeah, he is amazing. Uh, he doesn't have a long part uh, in this film, but I really found him to be a breath of fresh air. He is really helpful. He's really a bright kind of bright point um, in this. And I have to talk a bit about the the scenes uh, on his boat and then underwater. So I was 
real concern when Indiana Jones started talking about, hey, we think this second dial of destiny, uh, the second half is underneath this water. You know, there was this ship that, you know, was sunk and it's obviously was in there and we got to go find it. And I'm like, it's 1969, dude. How are you going to do that? Uh, and they're like, I got a great idea. I got this friend. He is like the scuba diving expert. And I was like, oh my gosh, how are they going to shoot this? And I, this is probably my favorite part of the whole movie because they uh, were true to form. Again, I don't know where they made these water suits um, and had them look like they would have in the 60s and with the mm -hmm. equipment that they had. Uh, so rather than fighting with um, tanks, because they had tanks back then, uh, they do this really cool thing where they just, uh, they like snuba sort of. So they have a, a rope of air, um, that that will go with them anywhere this is a problem um if you're gonna dive a wreckage maybe maybe not do it this way but they they find this out the hard way i guess um but they're these ropes that kind of feed them air and help them go wherever they need to go and i guess i guess the idea behind that is because they didn't have time to learn how to like not die underwater uh, any other way but they have these big uh, belts full of lead or something really heavy to have them sink down. And I just love some of the shots that they give uh, with, you know, both Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Harrison Ford, and then Antonio Banderas is kind of looking on over this chasm of mm -hmm. death. Um, they're, you know, looking through all this wreckage and they see this big box that also looks like it's made out of something really heavy. And it's like, someone's got it with their cold, dead hands and, um, and there's like right, a billion yeah. eels, which basically are sea snakes. They're not sea snakes, uh, but they look like they could be snakish. And it drives poor Indiana Jones nuts. And they're real angry. They're angry at him for taking their treasure. <laughs> they're they're, uh, they're angry eels. That's right. Yeah, straight from uh, Ursula's lair there. Uh, this probably got the biggest laugh at the theater uh, last night because uh, I, I when I think it's Teddy or something, it's like they look like snakes. And, you know, of course, Indiana Jones like they don't look like snakes. <laughs> Knock it off. <laughs> Uh, which I thought was pretty great. Um, the underwater section here, it looked unbelievable. Uh, it was it was so crazy. There's there's a particular shot. I don't know how they did it. I don't know if this was all done on uh, some sort of like green screen wizardry. I don't know if they were in a dunk tank. I don't know. I don't know how they did it. Uh, but uh, Ronaldo is standing there kind of on this uh, rift, right on this lip of this cliff. And he looks up and you can just see like the underside of the boat. Um, and it looks unbelievably good like the sun is coming through through the waves it looks so 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 super cool uh but the moral of the story is they find this uh this kind of tablet uh thing that they're searching for there the uh the graphicos uh tablet but unfortunately uh you know when you do that uh dr voller your your uh nazi uh enemy is going to show up they're going to kill everyone else that's that's on board and they're going to force you to decipher this now up until now right uh you've been pretty uh been pretty Pretty chilly here on Helena. She has not been a particularly good apple, uh, but it turns out, you know, she might have a trick or two up her sleeve. Maybe she is uh, not going to just, uh, you know, only look out for herself. Maybe she's going to uh, grab a stick of dynamite and do her best to save uh, Indiana Jones and uh, Teddy and get out of there, you know, with the knowledge that they uh, need to go and find the other part of this uh this uh clock mechanism so that's what that's what happens right they uh yeah. she creates a little bit of a diversion blows up this dynamite uh they get on the boat and head off uh bad news is is that uh dr voller is going to take out his binoculars and say uh, they're not going 
to Egypt, which is where they said they were going. Uh, they're going the other direction, which means they're going to Sicily, right? There were only two places they could have been going. Uh, so that's where they're off to next. They're going to Sicily uh, to go into this cave, uh, which is what is this, the cave of uh, something. The, the I don't know, I remember the cave of, I don't know, some some goddess. Archimedes tomb. That's what it is. Yeah. But well, Athena's yeah, on the outside of it. And that's really cool. I love this that part. Yeah, well, yeah, because it's a it's Athena's cavern, right? And that's where Archimedes uh, tomb uh, has been hidden. Um, it, it's really, really kind of neat. Um, one of the things that I thought was was really interesting kind of a, about this section, this is very much like this, you know, going into this tomb, which is not really something we actually saw too much of. And Indiana Jones, right? He goes into the tomb like under Venice to to get that yep. tablet. So so kind of like that. But this to me felt very much like um, if anyone who has you know, seen the Uncharted movie or played the Uncharted games, which drew a ton of inspiration from the character of Indiana Jones. This section in this tomb looked like uh, live action uh, Uncharted uh, come to life right here where they're going through. There's like these puzzles uh, that they're solving to get there. Um, I don't know if they're paying that back or if it, that just made sense for the story, but I really kind of kind of like that section. And of, of course, you know, kind of this uh, swashbuckling archaeology bit is what we all love about Indiana Jones. So I really liked um, this section uh, through here. Yeah. yeah, no, I did too. I thought, um, first of all, I really liked the way they tip their hat. Helena calls Indiana Jones Jonesy a couple times, which uh, is what uh, the last person did that that was a traitor to Indiana Jones and ended up uh, dying <laughs> because uh, they cared mm -hmm. more about money than about um, the archaeological artifacts themselves. And Helena really takes that tide and changes. Um, and she's, I love the part um, where there's the block that's supposed to tell them that they're going to Egypt is actually made of wax and they light it on fire and the wax melts. And then this dial, this other piece um, that's the graphicos, which basically uh, it's just this gold circle of Sanskrit or something that I can't read. And it's like readable by only Indiana Jones. Um, it shows up and it's really cool. I think that the labyrinth part of this uh, where they're going through and they're seeing all these old uh, statues. I, this is, uh, I know I just said the other one was my favorite. I love this part though, because they've got a couple of really cool, like drop-ins where um, like they have trap doors that exist. They have these puzzles they have to solve. They have things they have to, figure out and they're in hot pursuit by uh Jurgen and all of his you know people right and mm -hmm. um they're going through and uh trying to find this cavern um that is actually holding Archimedes's corpse uh and when they get there uh it's a very foreboding kind of feeling because you're 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 supposed to be really excited um because we think that this is where the second half of the dial is um but his tomb doesn't look the way it's supposed to look it's got this weird looking uh eagle 
falcon oh, yeah. on it and the falcon seems to have propellers and that is my first tip off that something is not right <laughs> something is not right yeah that's right it's a it's a phoenix right uh helena yeah. looks at it and she's like she's like there's something wrong with this bird and indiana jones isn't even looking at it right he's looking in the tomb he's like it's a phoenix everyone had a phoenix on their thing you know no big deal and she's like this one has propellers um also there's a watch in here with this guy uh watches not invented for like a thousand more years uh what what is going on this this is something tricky and about this time dr voler uh and his cronies show back up right to uh to take the half of the dial because that's that's what indiana jones does we talked about it uh you know in our episodes that we've talked about indiana jones indiana jones really good at finding treasure really bad at keeping treasure uh so that's what happens dr voler grabs the other half of this thing he slides them together and says all right now i can go back in time i can i can fix what uh hitler did wrong um and you talked about this a little bit right as we're getting onto the plane here and uh dr voler is giving kind of his uh bond villain monologue about what he's doing and why he's doing it um i really thought it was a really interesting take and not something that i really remember ever kind of coming across in films where you know when films talk about world war ii and you know from like the you know looking at the nazis and nazi perspective that's that's not really something that that gets brought up or by these people that you know <laughs> hitler basically messed up and he wanted to go back and and fix all the all the wrongs right is yeah you know he'd mentioned right. it uh, throughout the film right we didn't win the war uh hitler lost the war and he wanted to go back and uh you know uh correct all of those mistakes and stuff, which I thought was, was kind of an interesting, interesting take and a little bit of a different kind of twist on that, uh, World War II uh, Nazi story here, uh, from our characters. So they're on the plane. He's got this Archimedes dial cranked up. He's like, I'm going to use this. Okay. That'll send me back to, I don't know, 1939 or whatever it was. He was going to go, go do some battle. He was going to make his way up to, to Munich and, uh, you know, have this, uh, conversation. Uh, with the Fuhrer about what was going to be uh, happening. So I liked that a lot. But, you know, Indiana Jones is a smart guy. He's like, uh, you know, when he made when he made that dial, right, the, the continents hadn't, you know, shifted like they have, you know, over the last uh, 2000 years, your uh, your alignment is off. We're going to go to the wrong place. You better stop. Um, And I really liked and uh, this is, you know, very much because Mads Mikkelsen is amazing. Um, You, you kind of see like this like little like earworm that Indiana Jones puts into him and it just starts like like eating on him and eating on him and eating on him until the point where he realizes that Indiana Jones is right uh, but it's too late because we're going through this rift in the sky and the time is I don't know a long time ago <laughs> yeah uh, I love it because uh, you can't you can't mess with math and I love that they made math uh, mathematics they kept saying things like hey math works um, it made the it made the rockets wor work um, we're going to the moon because it 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 works like math is irrefutable. It either is or it isn't. And when they're on this plane and again, all of the bullets start to move, all the metal starts to move. Um, I'm, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, the crystal skull is going to come out and like do something. <laughs> but that does not happen. Um, that would have been amazing. It would have been fun. That would have been cool. Right. Where the aliens are like, no, <laughs> we're not going to let you do this. Um, but no, he. Uh, like you said, he plants this bug in uh, Jurgen's head and he's like, you guys didn't, you didn't take into consideration the continental drift. This is a mistake and you can't mess with the math, right? So even um, a small change in, in a number can have hugely drastic consequences when you, when you're doing all of these calculations. And so um, I love that he uh, at first is like, nah, it's fine. It's fine. And then at the very last second, he's like, you know what? You're probably right. Oh gosh, we have to abort. But the problem is 
is uh that 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 vortex portal which looks amazing by the way uh they've probably i don't know if they had weather scientists like help draw out what the clouds should look like but that that was awesome um that looked mm-hmm. really cool and yeah. when they get drawn through and they see these ships um they're far enough away where you're like hmm, those could be subs those could be nazi submarines but they're not um they're not it's like 500 or 200 bc and uh we're on the shores of uh we're watching the siege of syracuse which looks cool and you know of course the the nazis that are manning this plane they're like we're just gonna shoot them down with our machine guns well that's fine um but you know even back then they had really cool weapons um they were they were not bullets uh they weren't guns they had these propelled giant spears that would just take the wings off planes that's right yeah it looks like the like the spear from uh Game of Thrones, if you watch that, yeah. you know, the, the things they're using to shoot down dragons. Um, then actually, you know, the the Sicilians there are, you know, calling these uh, airplanes dragons that come through. Um, I want to talk about the the airplane bit just uh, for another second here before we kind of kind of start wrapping this up. Um, so obviously, uh, Dr. Voller and uh, his Nazi pals are getting onto this big, I don't know, bomber airplane uh, kind of thing. They have Indiana Jones uh, there, and that's what goes through the rift. Uh, but Helena Shaw uh, is given chase on this. She is on the motorcycle. She is trying to get up to the plane to go to try to save uh, Indiana Jones. Um, and this, to me, was the most spectacular looking bit of the whole movie. Uh, Helena on the motorcycle driving up, trying to get on the landing gear of this plane. It is like, it is storming out. Uh, it is fast. Uh, it is scary looking. There is these propellers uh, she's having to go around. It looks unbelievable it was very tense i really like that section uh she does get onto the plane everyone is uh there going back to the past the plane crashes uh, which is how archimedes finds out about this propeller and how he gets his uh watch there from dr voller uh it's pretty fun um but helena and indiana jones are there too right um Indiana Jones had been shot uh, back in that uh, Sicily cavern. I don't think we uh, mentioned that, uh, you know, as uh, Indiana Joneses uh, want to do. Uh, I think he even tells uh, Helena earlier in the in the film that he'd been shot eight times. I guess you can say that's nine now. And he says, I am witnessing history. I've spent my whole life studying this, you know, pursuing this, trying to find this. I'm going to die. Just leave me here. Um, and I really like kind of they have this uh, back and forth, uh, him and Helena, where she's trying to kind of reason, reason with him. But, you know, Indy is on his last leg, right? His, his marriage is, has gone awry, he lost his son and and the war. He says, just leave me here to die. Um, and Helena says, no, sucker punches him. Loved it so much. Uh, throws him on the plane and they head back out of this uh, rift back to uh Current today, current day, uh, late 60s, uh, back in uh, New York City, Indiana Jones uh, wakes up Uh, for a second there. I was like, I was like, did Indiana Jones just have like a fever dream because he got like a like a crazy like blood infection from getting shot in that cave and none of the the time stuff happened. But there was uh, one of those big like uh, spear ends uh, laying next to the bed. So I think I think that the, the time travel really did happen. It's going to be a story that's worth telling as you reunite with your one true love. That's right. Um, so Helena's there. She's, you know, saying, Hey, how, you know, how you doing? Cause he's bandaged up, you know, he's, he's got bruises everywhere and he's totally, uh, he's in bed and he's putting on a shirt. <laughs> he's, and he's 81 like, years old. And he's, he's 81. And he's like, yeah, how's, um, how you doing? And she's like, Oh, I'm fine. And, um, and Sala comes in with Teddy and everybody made it back. Um, I do, I do love 
the i the 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 last kind of big conversation that they have when they're in that that Syracuse on the shore. First of all, it looks beautiful. Um, and you know, both Indiana Jones and Dr. Voller would would have gone back to change things in time, right? But the only thing that really um Indiana would have changed is uh having his son. Uh, not enlist because, you know, in 1969, we're in the middle of the Vietnam War and his son apparently died um, in war. And it that's really the cause um, that allowed things to kind of crumble between him and Marion. And that's why they're separated. And and so he I, I love that um, she finally Helena sees and hears all this and um also is a voice of reason that, hey, dude, you're, you know, you've been shot and there's probably no way you're going to not die because we don't have things like antibiotics or anything like and I'm not going to let you die. Um, mm -hmm. I was very concerned watching this, that this was the moment that we were going to see Indiana Jones give it up. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I was so glad that Helena just knocks him out. It's so great. She's just like, nah, bang, and it's over. Um and he, when he wakes up, uh, you know, Helena has called uh, Marion. Marion is putting away some groceries and uh, she looks great. Karen Allen looks, I mean, she's obviously older and sad, um, but, you know, she still looks at Indiana Jones with the same eyes, which is really lovely. Their chemistry is so amazing, even 41 mm -hmm. years later. Um, and I love that they have this kind of bit um, that they recreated from Raiders of the Lost Ark, where you know he's right. in pain, she's in pain, they're both in pain, but they can they can be in pain together and they can figure it out. And um and you have this kind of moment of reconciliation that is really lovely. Um and of course, you know, his hat is hanging out, getting dry because Helena was smart enough to take his hat back uh to the present day with her that's right yeah indiana jones doesn't go anywhere without his hat um yeah it kind of closes there on on that little bit and yeah i mean it's it's a uh, it's a really nice ending uh kind of gets to reunite with uh marion there and i kind of after we saw this uh we just saw this last night um everyone out there uh listening so we haven't had too much time to talk about this but but one of the things i was kind of thinking coming out of there was that it's like what i have what i have liked to have marion in the film more and it's hard to say cuz you have you have marion in uh, raiders of the lost ark you know obviously they're a very pivotal uh character and then you have kind of this reunion bit uh within crystal skull where you know um as i mentioned in our our patreon episode you know that they're they're kind of you know butting heads but that uh that love is uh so palpable that you know they can't they can't avoid loving each other right no matter no matter how much they dislike each other they can't help uh, but love each other and that's that's kind of played out there and then you get the wedding obviously at the end of uh kingdom of the crystal skull so i i don't i don't know i think that that the story probably makes sense. I don't like because you either either play it as like this uh this happy home that <laughs> that they have, and then yeah. you don't have really the motivation, I guess, maybe for Indiana Jones. So so to give him you know kind of nothing, right, to be put at the end of his rope, I think uh, creates a little bit more of a dynamic, a little bit more reasoning for doing this, a little bit more uh, reasoning for putting himself out on the line for uh, one last adventure. So I I really kind of liked the way that they handled. Uh, you know marion's portrayal um in the film and then you kind of get this uh final uh kind of conclusion i guess to their story where hopefully they're going to be able to to reconcile and uh you know 
grieve together, I guess, which is uh, kind of something I think that this film is uh, largely about really is you, as you get into the, uh, you know, the, the horizon of your career and your adventures um, as, as we age. And uh, that's something that we've done uh, with Indiana Jones, right? This film franchise is as old as uh, we are, uh, which is uh, pretty wild to think about. It's pretty wild to think that Harrison Ford was uh, the same age that you and I are right now, because I get tired watching Raiders of the Lost Ark. So I don't know how <laughs> you would act in it. Uh, that's wild uh, to me. So good on you, Harrison Ford. Uh, you have the good diet going or something there, but uh, that is the dial of destiny. Um, it, it was really fun. It's it's a little long, uh, but like most of the Indiana Jones uh, films, I thought that it was edited very well. It didn't really particularly feel like it was lagging or slowing down or uh, anything like that. But um, what do you think, Michaela? We just saw this last night. Uh, we we barely even uh, talked about it coming out of the theater. But but what do you think? Any any highlights, lowlights? Uh, wh what do you think? Take it away. Um, hmm. uh, I, I would have loved to see more Sala. Um... At that, at the same time, I feel like, um, you know, Harrison Ford is kind of a he's he's a, like I said he's a vampire. I mean, there's everybody else uh, probably feels older than Harrison Ford looks, right? Like, um, and so I mean, not not that John Reese Davies or Karen Allen or Antonio Banderas, even for that matter, are are like mere mortals, you know, like you and I. But they're not on Harrison Ford's level of aging, right. that's I mean, for sure. Yeah, he he's he's got he's got this weird goldenness about him. I I don't know. So I I would have liked to see more of them uh, of Karen Allen and uh, this character of Sala. But um, I think it works. I mean, I think the way that they they had it um, works really well. And um, but I you know it's it's tough because. Um, this didn't really end the story of Indiana Jones and maybe that was by design. I, I find it very hard to believe that they're going to make a sixth one with Harrison Ford. Um, mm -hmm. and so it didn't, it, it, it was good. Um, and maybe, maybe not, maybe probably, I mean, they were smarter than us. They, they made the decision to not say goodbye, um, to Indiana Jones, which is really great. Um, because he'll live forever this way. And I right. was both dreading and looking forward to seeing that moment of saying goodbye. Um, I didn't, I, I got very weepy, but I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't a blubbering mess. And I totally expected at the end um, that he was going to say, leave me here. I'm This is exactly where I want to be. And she was going and Helena would just leave him and he would die there. And that would be the, the end of Indiana Jones. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, right. Uh, but uh, they made a choice to not do that. So I, I don't know what's what, what's to come. And maybe that's that's the great thing um, that's kind of esoteric about this is that there's always another adventure, no matter how old you are. There's always another adventure um, in our imaginations around uh, Indiana Jones and what it could be. Um, yeah. So I, I really liked it. Um, I definitely captured the heart of all things Indiana Jones. Um you know, it's hard watching these films when you're eight and then watching a film when you're 40 um, and seeing it with the same eyes. I don't buy into uh, the critiques around it not being realistic. Come on. Um, any I mean, that's like saying Jaws is not realistic. You're right. You're no kidding. Like or or Avatar Way of Water is not realistic. Well, no, no kidding. Um, you know, this is a this is an adventure film and it's it's. 
it's realistic enough in that it uses real things that happened in history to mm -hmm. tell a story. Um, and it does it in a way that no other film franchise has ever done in the history of history. And so, you know, yeah, uh, you know, we haven't figured out how to fold time and space and go back and 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 fight wars. It's probably a real good thing um, that we haven't figured that out yet. Um, who knows <laughs> right. if that's a possibility, right? We don't know anything. Um, and so what if that's not realistic, right? Like, um, I, I don't know. I think we, we were fine with finding the Ark of the Covenant and a lot of people don't believe that that's real either. So like, yeah. you know, I think the haters that think that it's not realistic or that, that we've gone a bridge too far with some of the, some of the adventures that he gets into is, is silly. Um, I, I really that's, liked it. What about you, yeah. Brian? Yeah, that, that's, that's right. Yeah. We, we last left Indiana Jones, uh, standing, uh, in, Peru or wherever he was, uh, watching the uh, the aliens take off. So now we're this is a, a bridge too far to get out of here. That's uh, that's ridiculous. Um, so so kind of my my big takeaway on this, we we had talked about it a little bit before. Um, in Indiana Jones, the character is kind of rooted in the same vein as like a James Bond type of a character, right? This movie last night to me felt very much like a James Bond film. You had your you had your Bond villain. Uh, you had kind of your setups. Um, it had a little bit less, I think, of like the campiness that the uh, you know the first four films uh, did, uh, which you know is is one way to to tell a story, and certainly you know other ways to tell a story. If you are familiar with Mangold's work at all, if you saw Logan, it's a very similar kind of thing. You know, looking at uh, you know kind of this this aging almost superhero, which is what Indiana Jones uh, really is. Um, at the end of the day, you know, you're kind of looking at the at the the tail end, right, of the of the of the sunset of of their career and and looking at that and what does that mean and what kind of emotions does that take and i i really like kind of that that look at indiana jones as a character um you know you have something like kingdom of the crystal skull which people uh you know ridiculed for being too campy and too over the top and why wasn't it more grounded and then you have uh this which is more grounded and now people are saying why is it more campy why isn't it more more fun but i i really liked the the portrayal of indiana jones here um and i thought that it <laughs> was the was the budget too high potentially we'll find out i guess uh when it's uh time at the uh, box office uh comes to a close but this film looked gorgeous uh the parade looked amazing the underwater stuff looked amazing the chase scenes looked amazing uh james mangold should basically just do car chases just forever i guess right. i don't know he does yeah. something is something something about the way that he does them uh, looked looks great i liked um the character of helena shaw right she makes you she makes you mad uh she makes you uh, root against her she makes you root for her um she is very much she, she's like the archaeology version of her character in fleabag uh which we're big fans of uh here as yeah. well so uh that makes a lot of sense i i really liked kind of kind of her quippy and quirkiness i thought that it played Pretty well off of the more gruffy stubbornness of uh, Harrison Ford's uh, Indiana Jones. I, I really liked kind of uh, that classification there. And I thought that it was fun. Uh, like like I said, two hours and uh, close to 40 minutes is it, it was pretty long, um, but it it didn't feel long to me. And I, I thought it was fun. I thought it was a good ending for a great character. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, um, my son, we we made the decision to watch a two two hour and 30 minute film with my eight year old. Um, and he really liked it. He didn't understand some of it um, uh, in the it, I mean, he did. He asked me a lot about Nazis afterwards. So that that was that's a great that's a great way to start the history 
conversation, I suppose. Yeah. But um, it's a fair bit were, darker. It's a fair bit darker. Yeah, yeah. It's a little, it's a little dark. Um, I don't know if um, I, I definitely think uh, parental guidance is suggested with this one, especially uh, more people end up dying uh, in this one than I think. Um, in, in how do I say this? Because I, it's not like in Temple of Doom or in or even in Raiders where. Um, people die kind of gruesomely, but you see that all the gruesomeness off camera. So it's not gruesome, but there's plenty of blood in mm. this one. It felt more personal. Um, and people are, I say, just getting shot. Uh, I'm so desensitized, but, um, you know, Indiana Jones really, um, takes it to heart, I think a bit more, um, because people that he worked with get shot and he's getting blamed and, um, you know, when when Helena is worried about her 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 friend Teddy and he's like, no, 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 he's going to be fine. I'm sure it's going to be fine. Like there's just a a, a touch more of the the humanity around than than we normally see, I think, with some of these um, mm -hmm. where only the bad guys end up really getting getting theirs. Um, I don't know. I really the more I think about it, um, the more I really liked this as kind of a farewell piece because it's not really a farewell, which is great. Um, and you know, you've said it and I can't echo it enough. Um, the film is absolutely beautiful. The, the shots are great. Um, all, all of the chase scenes I think are the right length. They're not too long. They're interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was really worried that we would get fatigued in that. Um, because this is the fifth time we've watched, I don't know, three or four car chases and, and yet, it, every time it felt new, it, it, it was creative. Um, and basically what this means is that, um, the director just needs to continue to do chase scenes with whatever he does, you <laughs> know, right. we're going to bring back steel magnolias and somehow there's going to be like a chase scene, uh, in there somewhere. I, I don't know. James Mangold is amazing. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, that is Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Uh, let us know if you've made your way out to see it. Uh, let us know what you thought about it or let us know uh, what your favorite uh, Indiana Jones installment is, uh, because there's been five of them now. So uh, it's very likely we all have a different favorite and we all have a favorite for a different reason. So let us know uh, that. Uh, let us know if you check out the Raiders of the Lost Ark. That was the episode we did last week, and we covered Kingdom of the Crystal Skull over on our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash drinkthemovies. We've got bonus episodes uh, going on over there. Like I said, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is over there now. We're probably going to do a quick little uh, mini uh, cocktail recap over there because we had a couple of Dial of Destiny-themed cocktails last night, so we want to uh, chat about those. Go check that out over on the Patreon, and uh, make sure that you are uh, following along with the podcast. You can tag us, uh, send us questions, send us uh, movie requests, requests cocktail requests cocktail advice uh do that the best place to do it is on our discord uh that link is in uh our bio there on our link tree but uh you can do that on our social medias too it's at drink the movies on twitter and instagram as long as uh, twitter is still around anyways um on facebook.com slash uh drink the movies that's the best place to find us you can go to our website it's www.drinkthemovies.com uh we've got links to all that stuff we've got recipe uh stuff there we've got episode recaps we've got all the good stuff there um and you know you want to make you want to make sure that you're following along right we've covered we've covered a lot of indiana jones now we're going to be switching gears next week michaela to talk about one of your favorites noises off so people are definitely going to want to make sure they're subscribed to the podcast so they know the second that uh that sardine cocktail we got coming is headed their way uh, uh where can they do that where can they do oh. that 
You're, you're I just, just that was a spoiler, so spoiler, well. spoiler, spoiler for noises off. Um, and it's a personal favor to me. If you could just give it a listen uh, or go see the movie because it's amazing. Um, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere where Spotify podcasts are distributed and supported. Um, whatever you're listening to now, there's a subscribe button. Um, there's a follow button. Press those buttons. Uh, leave us a five-star review. I, I don't know how complicated that is. Uh, I, I was trying to do it uh, earlier on my Apple podcast for another podcast that I really like. Um, it, it can get complicated to do that. I don't know. Uh, but if you do that, uh, more people will learn about us. And uh, it, we're building a really amazing community. Or actually, y'all are building it for us. We're just here. Um, and we're so grateful because we love talking cocktails and movies. Um, and it's just the best job ever. So, um, yeah, uh, the more you uh, listen and the more you tell your friends, the more we can get the Drink the Movie stuff out there, which is pretty cool. Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, try your hand at making our uh, mocktail, the La Atlantique Green Tea, or uh, either of the cocktails, the Adventures Margarita or the Weather de Fordora. If you had something fun to drink at your theater, going out to see Dial of Destiny, let us know that too. But for now, Michaela, we gotta we gotta rest up. This was a this was a long, lengthy adventure. We went to the depths of the sea. We went back in time. Uh, we punched some Nazis, which is always a good time. So yeah. let's uh, let's rest up, and we'll be back to talk to everyone next time on Drink. drink? The, the movies. movies. I don't believe in magic, but a few times in my life I've seen things, things that I can't explain, and I've come to believe it's not so much about what you believe, it's how hard you believe it. <laughs>